So there are people graduated from university who don't know how to make safe, financial, effective decisions. Honestly, don't be sad. There's people that go their whole entire lives and don't know how to make safe financial decisions. So don't worry. It's good that you actually took the initiative, first of all, to take that course because it's not yeah. mandatory. Mm-hmm. They don't teach you in the public education system. They don't teach you in the elementary system or high school. Mm-hmm. So it's good that, first of all, your school offered it because I don't think mine did. I get it. The Toronto real estate market is confusing. Whether you're a new or experienced investor or just looking for a home to raise your family in, join us at Broadview Table Talks as you sit around the table with my friends to talk about the real estate and the ever-changing market in Toronto. All right, welcome to Bravi Table Talks, episode two, season four. I mean, it's version four, really. It's like, because <laughs> I keep scrapping the old ones, so um, it's too bad we're starting over again. So today we're going to be talking about financial literacy and uh, something that's important to all of us here, how to save for your first down payment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a incredibly big topic for me, just because we haven't learned it in school growing up, and I haven't had my first financial uh, literacy course until up until high school or mid university, um, which is a shame because it was an elective. So I had to make that decision to actually take that course. So there are people graduated from university who don't know how to make safe financial effective decisions honestly don't be sad there's people that go their whole entire lives and don't know how to make safe financial decisions so don't worry it's good that you actually took the initiative first of all to take that course because it's not mandatory Mm -hmm. they don't teach it in the public education system they don't teach it in the elementary system or high school Mm -hmm. so it's good that first of all your school offered it because i don't think mine did Mm -hmm. uh uft didn't offer it that's for sure um so i had to what i how i started really was that book that i gave you to like uh, i guess jp you weren't on the team at the time but now you are i have an extra one (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki's book. It's oh, like I read that Bible. Book. You read it? Yeah, inside out. Love that book. Yeah, I read it in grade nine in like three hours at the uh, chapters. I sat there and just read the whole thing. It was beautiful. What did you learn from it? What you What are your takeaways? Uh, man, it was such a long time ago. I think one of my takeaways would definitely be uh, let money work for you. That's right. Mm-hmm. And That's um, right. make sure you're saving your money. Yeah, <laughs> not just so. Money. So really, at the end of the day, it's all about assets and liabilities, right? Like. The reason we do what we do in our field, in the real estate field, um, we have a lot of, I guess, clients that are doing really well and they leverage. And it's, a common, like, it's almost like infinite money. And this, this is the reason why the government's fighting inflation so much. It's because the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. And there's such a big divide. And once there's such a big divide, it's social unrest. It's, like, it's not good for the economy. It's not good for society, for that matter. So we have to fight it. And and that's why I'm on board with inflation fighting, shrinking the asset prices down a bit. So what actually happens is once you own your own home and your equity grows, you can just basically refinance that equity and do it again. And then do it again and do it again and again and again until the bank says no more. Mm -hmm. Right. But at that that point, you're already like, you have more than enough money to sustain your living expenses. If you keep it low, your, your, your spending habits low. And you'd be good. Meanwhile, there's people out there that are struggling and can't get ahead because they don't have the down payment to put towards those assets, right? So this is why the rich keep getting richer and it's a bad thing for society. But if you take that lesson and you learn about it and think about how Robert, like, did you read the book, Kayla? No, you uh, didn't. Still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know you got a lot to do, but like while you're in the car driving around, honestly, yeah. turn your car into a mobile podcast system and just pick up that. It's definitely one of those books, though. You have to read it. To fully understand the concepts, like trying to listen to it and not take notes or anything or just see the visuals. Because I know they have like diagrams of the different quadrants and stuff. That's a cash flow quadrant though. Yeah. That's like later on. But he does mention it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's okay. So anyway, at the end of the day, it's all about assets and liabilities. You let your assets make money for you so you don't have to work. You, you make money while you sleep uh, versus liabilities, right? Like you got to really know the difference between the two. 
you know, you might think your own personal residence is an asset. It's not. Robert Kiyosaki goes as far to say it's a liability because you're paying for living expenses, right? JP, you're living at home right now. Yeah. So that's, you don't have an expense. But once you're out and you own something, you're paying for that expense, which doesn't really go anywhere because you're always going to need a place to live. So that's why he treats it as a liability. So you think about that, um, it just frames your mindset around a little bit. I think financial literacy begins with investing in yourself at first, investing in what's in here and your knowledge and your brain, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about, don't put in Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying Bitcoin's bad. Like, whatever. It is what it is. What um, do you mean? My whole trading account. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, invest in yourself. Like I was saying, any chance you get, I don't listen to music in the car anymore. And I remember my mentors, like, he was a little, he's a little bit older than me. But when I was younger, around your age, I had my studio cr- stereo cranking. You know what I mean? I had two 12s in the back, subwoofers, like, loud. Just boom, boom, <laughs> boom. I loved it, right? It just, it was nice. It just felt good. It shakes your body and everything. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I can't waste time listening to music. We only have so much time in the day. I got to learn. I'm, I'm on a mission to learn. Even at my age now, in my mid, early 40s, whatever, I'm still trying to learn all the time. Picking up everything. That's why I know how to talk like you guys, like your kids. <laughs> it, it really is a compounding Sus. effect, though. <laughs> Things like that. It really is like a compounding effect. You got to like keep The learning. more that you keep... Uh, Getting yourself in that habit mm-hmm. of uh, constantly, you know, trying to open up your horizons, right? Um, yeah, it it truly affects your your financial like uh, um, income as well as decisions, right? Because the decisions you make are based on what you know. Mm-hmm. So, in one of the chapters in that Rich Dad Poor Dad book, he, Robert Kiyosaki talks about how the best investment you can make is into your own brain, your own education. So. Um, like I was saying, don't invest in any stock or whatever. There's a hot trend. Invest in yourself first. That's the number one thing. Then after that, once you start building up financial know-how and you have more skills on making proper decisions, you get paid more, right? You can do better in your jobs. You, you know, maybe start your own businesses, whatever. You'll get side income, side hustles, things like that. Then all of a sudden, income comes in. And then when you take that income, you invest it away, sock it away. Mm-hmm. So the way I would do it in your positions, I would slowly sock away a portion of your income every, like, I don't know, I keep forgetting what percentage, but like start with 10%, 15%, maybe even 30% if you can go as high as that. Mm-hmm. But 10 to 15%, just keep socking away automatically without even looking at it. Mm-hmm. One of the other chapters in the book was um, pay yourself first. And it's funny enough because I read this book in grade nine and I still remember the concepts, right? Like I haven't read it since, mm-hmm. but it's pay yourself first, right? Meaning that before you pay the government, like the CRA, I'm not saying that, but like, you know, <laughs> before you pay anything that you have to pay, make sure you make it a discipline to take that off the top right away right put it into a, a money market account or whatever like just automatic savings i think your bank can do that for you yeah. yeah and just let it compound fill up your rsps so first of all it's a tax benefit to you but you can use it towards the purchase of your first home you can withdraw from it right the first time home buyer plan up to i think thirty thousand thirty five thousand yeah yeah that? um i think it's 35 actually 35 grand, and right? uh yeah that, that was the frustrating part because i didn't really learn on that all, all the way up until second year university. Right. And then I didn't, and I completely forgot about it and then learned it, relearned it with you and Botter talking about it. Right. And you know how frustrated I am with myself just being like, I could have used that for free money, basically. This is like this glitch of um, claiming it on taxes. Well, you guys are still young. You can yeah. still do it. Like mm-hmm. you still have contribution room, right? And you still, like you, like as you get older, your contribution room grows too, right? So just, Stuff money into it. And mm-hmm. then when you're ready to take it out, you have 15 years to pay it back. 15 plus one years to pay it back, I believe. So do that. And it has to be in there more than 90 days. So you can't just do it today and then go out and buy something tomorrow, right? It yeah. has to be there a minimum of 90 days. Yeah. 
And, and that's the thing though, because people don't know where to put it. Like people have the concept of saving it, but they just chuck it in some random savings account that's not collecting anything. Look, you can't save your way to retirement. That's, mm-hmm. You can't save your way to your first home or to success anyway, right? Because you're going to get eaten alive by inflation, right? The returns you're going to get in your savings accounts like peanuts, like less than 0.2% or whatever it is, right? Like it's, it's so tiny that like it's going to be worth less by just by holding it there. In fact, you're going to be losing money. Yeah. But it is a temporary stomping grounds to just kind of place your money so you have enough because you still need a down payment, right? So, But I would just say do a tax advantage, put into your RSPs. You have 15, 16 years to pay it back. I haven't paid mine back, so I'm slowly paying it back over the 16 years, right? Like that, I, I took it out a long time ago, almost done anyway. But yeah, you just pay it back. Um, and it's the time value of money. Use that to your advantage, right? I'd rather have money now and take advantage of it than money later on because you use your time to your advantage, right? So um, yeah, make sure you just save that way. It's probably the best thing to do. And like I said, you guys are still young. You have a long horizon to save up. and it'll come fast. You know, actually one of my other mentors told me that money is nothing but stored energy. If you think about it that way. Mm. Right. So you work hard, you use your energy to make money. Right. And then you spend that money to go on vacations and recharge. So it's kind of like you're storing energy. If if that makes kind of sense. Right. Right. So if you just hustle, hustle, hustle and build it up. Right. And think of it as just like, anyway, whatever, just build it up and then take that money and then you can use that to reinvest make go right so hopefully that answers your questions yeah and but are you are you specifically talking about reinvesting into real estate though or are you talking about anything like stock market well, whichever right is? so i think in the real estate market like if it's your first home you still you don't have to put 20 percent down like it's kind of like the normal thing that everybody thinks about right yeah you can get away with five five percent up to five hundred thousand um and ten percent up to the rest from five hundred thousand to a million so really, if you're looking for, uh, you know, a million dollar place, then you're looking at seven and a half percent, right? Plus your, actually, no more than that, is it? Whatever the number works out to, right? So five percent on the first five, and then ten percent on the remaining amount, um, and then, and then you have your closing costs and your CMHC insurance, mortgage insurance, things like that. So there are going to be hefty, hefty fees, but at the end of the day, you don't have to save up twenty percent. Um, your payments will be higher, obviously, because you're going to pay, you're going to borrow more. Um, but yeah. Was the question? Was that the question? <laughs> no, no, that was that was that was exactly it. Um, be, just because, let's say, when I think about uh, what you were talking about earlier with the rich get richer, um, and it's something that we see common. Um, people can take out and then reinvest and buy more. What if, for example, my parents are immigrants, right? Yeah. So we all come in we don't have anything to start with right yeah. so it's a big benefit and you could see it in the generations um you can look at your friends or whoever have parents that have lived in canada for the first they are the first generation um they're already at a big advantage because or no the kids are at a big advantage oh, the second generation the second generation right because yeah now they have the money from your their parents house right Right. So my parents are immigrants here too. Yeah. Right? So I was, I'm first generation here. I came with nothing as well too. So I built it up over the years. I'm a little older than you could double your age pretty much almost. Right. So think about the time that you have, you still have time to build it up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you think about where your parents are, if like, you know, you have a head start on them, if you think of it that way, right. Mm-hmm. Because now when you start buying your first place, then you can buy a second place after that later. I'm not saying tomorrow. I'm not saying next year. I'm saying eventually you can work towards that. 
And then from there, you'll use that asset to re-leverage and make more money. It's basically whoever has assets is going to be the ones that are winning, right? Maybe not in today's environment because the government's trying to take away that money out of the assets by raising borrowing costs. So they're bringing, basically, if less people can borrow money, that means you're taking a market away from people, right? So there's less buyers out there to be able to buy that asset. So by inherently, that means that assets can be worth less because there's less people buying it, mm-hmm. right? So that's what the current government's trying to do right now with raising interest rates. But over time, asset owners are the ones that win, not the ones that are saving, putting putting money, socking money away. Because that 30 grand, 100 grand, 50 grand, whatever you have saved up, it's going to be worth less and less and less. And it's going to be able to buy you less. It's not going to be worth less. I should say it's going to be able to buy you less because everything else gets more expensive. But your money doesn't get more expensive. It's still the same. Right? So that's why you can't save yourself to retirement or to savings. you got to start buying assets that are inflation-proof, such as real estate, such as stocks, crypto, things, whatever. Whatever just goes up in value because money is getting diluted and the currency is being debased. Yeah. So, so what is your opinion on... Because they can't buy a place right away, right? So what do you do until that point? So obviously you already talked about saving in RRSPs, but you could still do some type of investing, whether it be like anything like gold or whatever it is. Sure. Um, is there any other tips in regards to that? Because what about all the people who feel like they're lagging behind because they can't invest in real estate? Right, because real estate is expensive. You yeah. Come up with yeah. Not 20%, but you still got to come up with a good chunk of money, right? Yeah. So... Um, with RSPs, I guess the other thing is you still have to decide what you're going to invest in the RSPs. You can't just put an RSP and then expect it to like whatever. You can put in the in an index fund and it'll kind of go with inflation-ish, mm-hmm. ish, you know, mm-hmm. who knows, right? Um, so what else would I say is you can always invest in like a real estate. If you want to stay invested in real estate and you can't buy actual property and get control and title over it, you can buy a real estate investment trust. Yeah, You can buy into a fund, for example. You can buy into um, you know, a big commercial fund out there that invests in different types of assets. You got to look up what they're buying, right? You can buy like, they buy like offices or they can buy warehouses or they can buy like all commercial, like commercial plazas and apartment buildings and even condos, for example, that people that build condos. So you don't actually own title to the condo, but you can put in a minimum amount, which could be like whatever the share price is, mm-hmm. right? If it's that public, but you have zero control over it, right? Obviously, because it depends on the directors and the officers and the CEOs and stuff running the company. But ultimately, you can stay invested and ride the market that way. And have a lesser chunk of um, and put less money in. No, that's perfect. Right? Yeah. Because with ownership, there's a lot of expenses that are liabilities, right? And that's why Robert Kiyosaki says that uh, home, home owning a home is a liability. Property taxes, maintenance, repairs, all the stuff we have to do. I with see Kayla. it all the time with our <laughs> landlords. Yeah, I feel so bad sometimes for the amount of money that they put into these properties. Right, it's a lot of money, and it yeah. doesn't cover in rent. Like even what where we have at Millwood, for example, it's like losing money. Like I was telling you this morning. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, well, not Millwood because it's interest-only payments, but generally regular, uh, like that's commercial property, by the way, guys. Um, but for residential properties, you're amortizing the mortgage because you have a 25-year amortization or a 30-year amortization or whatever you pick from the bank when you get your mortgage. So that basically means an amortization means it amortizes to zero. It means it goes down to zero. So it starts at 25 years, and by the end of the 25th year, it'll be down to zero, right? So as long as you are able to hold on to those payments, even though you're losing money out of pocket, even though you might be cash flow negative, you're still guaranteed to win because it's going to be paid down to nothing. Plus, it'll appreciate too, right? Generally. Yeah. yeah. So that's how you get ahead. You might not be able to own property right now, but don't get discouraged. There's other ways to do it. You can, like I said, you can buy a REIT, a real estate investment trust. You can invest into mortgages, like private mortgages, and get a, a mm-hmm. return. You won't own the property, so that's even worse than buying a REIT because REITs actually get to the, the earn the, the um, when you exit, when they sell the property. 
you get those dividends back, right? Right. Like you get the earnings back. So there's a bit of leverage there as well too. And um, yeah, when you own the asset, the banks think that it's a little more safe. It's going. To, it's worth something. So they'll lend you a multiples of how much that's worth. So in other words, if it's twenty percent, it's five times how much it's worth. Twenty percent down, right? If it's ten percent down, that's what's that? Twenty. Uh, sorry, ten times amount of what it's worth. It's just an inverse relationship, right? Like yeah, one divided by or sorry, ten divided by hundred. So all the way around, which is ten times. So if you think about it that way, right? The banks will lend you ten times what they think it's worth, what they appraise it to be worth. So if the banks believe in the asset, you should too. You know, like they won't lend that on stocks. Good point. Right? Never thought of it like that before. Because if you try to ask them to borrow money on starting a business, they might lend you like a portion of what they think your revenue is going to be based on your business plan, right? Maybe. And you have to have an experienced track record of it. But if you're coming there with nothing, they're not going to give you anything. They're going to shoot you out the door, right? But if you have a uh, real estate, they believe in the real estate, so they'll do it. That's amazing. See, these, these are the glitches that I was talking yeah, about right. that, that people need to learn. Okay, so what kind of real questions do you have? Like, what were like what positions? I'm not saying getting too personal, but um, like, I, I guess the question is, where do you get invested in real estate if you don't have the money to get in real estate? So we talked about that really quickly. Yeah, that was is mine. there like a plan where you can get ahead based on that? You know, the best thing to do is to really save as much as possible. So if you're living at home right now continue doing that if it's not too crazy for your commutes and stuff like that right because i know it is and it gets frustrating <laughs> and there's a certain point where it's not all about investment like you want to live you know what i mean you want to live downtown with your friends and your peers and stuff you want to have your own independence so you want to be outside of home so there's a cost to that just know that there's cost but you can minimize that cost by getting roommates you know getting okay. a significant other right i'm not saying jump in a relationship but i'm saying get a, a roommate at least at the very least Right. If you have, if you're fortunate enough to have the down payment saved up, and you can buy a place and then lease out a portion of it to someone else and have them offset some of your cost, that could work too. Maybe you partner with um, an investor, which could be your family or could be a friend or mm -hmm. whatever that wants to just invest in it, but not actually live there. So you maybe pay a little bit of the carrying, a little more of the carrying cost, but they're invested in the equity with you. Right. Uh, Government of Canada has a first-time program where they'll invest the equity with you. And I think their their upside is capped at eight percent. Their downside is also capped at eight percent. Something like that. You got to look it up. But basically, you can. I think they can invest. What is that? Fifteen percent? Twenty percent? I should know this. I'm not I sure Google. that one. It's a quick yeah. Google. But um, <laughs> they can invest. It's a home equity program or something like that where they actually invest along with you. So they'll help you offset some of your down payment. Oh, actually, I think you actually mentioned this one to me. Yeah. Yeah, I got to look it up. I haven't worked with first time home buyers in a while. Um, but yeah, that's an option as well too, right? Yeah, so I guess what you're saying is um, the biggest thing for, for us, the youth, um, not saying that you're not young, but <laughs> it's, it's to really save aggressively uh, yeah. for the first bit. Yeah, control your expenses, mm -hmm. um, but you can't save your way to success, in other words. So, yeah. But save with the mindset of jumping onto that ship, yeah. that appreciation ship, right? And I don't know where the market's going to go. I can't say it's going to appreciate forever. It can't only go up, but I'm saying... If you have that down payment to work on, you can use leverage to your advantage to help you grow mm -hmm. as well too. Because by nature of it, cash is going to be worth and worth less because the government's printing money. Like there's no way around it. They're going to continue to uh, do quantitative easing because they're spending more than they actually make uh, as revenue. So they got to make up that difference by printing money. And by printing money, you're just diluting the currency, mm -hmm. right? It's like imagine putting like a, a vodka soda or something, right? And you have like a shot of vodka and you're throwing in more soda yeah more right? soda. and then you drink half of it and you throw more soda that's what they're doing to your money right now 
But you need to have some vodka to get ahead, a little bit. Mm -hmm. So just continue saving that vodka. You know what I mean? Or put it in clubbing terms, it's so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Should I talk your age? I don't know. (laughs) Does anybody else have any questions in regards to that? Uh, Ken was just kind of uh, answering all my questions. I had rapid fire. Keep going, keep going. Rapid fire, rapid. Um, I mean, I was looking to move down into the city. Um, I didn't really take in how bad traffic was on the way here. Sucks. Um, I guess it's still a good idea moving into the city, like given how. Can I talk about your personal situation on yeah, here? Sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you're coming from Milton, mm. you gotta look at how much your monthly gas expenses are. Not yeah. even just gas, maintenance, car insurance, too much. Car itself. That's that like alone. rent in itself. That alone is rent, exactly, right? Way too much. So what if you got rid of your car and you live downtown? And okay, if it nets up to be the same, you know what you're gonna earn back? You're gonna earn your sanity back. <laughs> It's stressful driving in downtown Toronto, especially that far. Like, mm-hmm. how long is the drive? Like, over an hour, right? Over an hour. So each way, that's like two and a half hours maybe you're going to get back, if not, if not three hours. You know, sure, you can use that three hours and be productive and listen to audiobooks and podcasts. You know, I, like, my cousin once told me when I was growing up and I was trying to, like, I was your age, I was trying to figure my life out. He said, books are great to get that fundamental theory. But yeah. podcasts give you that, and magazine. actually, it was back then it was magazines because it wasn't, um, podcasts weren't really that popular, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, MP3 wasn't even invented back then. Funny enough, <laughs> MP4, MP3. Um, but yeah, so basically, he said that m- magazines and newspapers give you the current events, but you have to have, have that foundational knowledge first. So you kind of mix up both of them. right? It's nice to get a quick perspective of what podcasters think, like us or whatever. You have a little bit of their knowledge. Mm-hmm. Books kind of like drone on and on and on. right? But you can get a mix of both. So you can use that three hours for that. Or you could save your sanity and enjoy downtown living, right? The problem is living down here, and you speak to Chevy, you know, like your expenses get a little bit more because you want to spend more, right? Because now you're True. in front of everything, right? Now, you know, Friday night comes, your boys, yeah. go, let's go to the bar or whatever, and you're going to go there. Cannot go. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you're already here. Why not? <laughs> right? Just got nothing else to do. So, guys, um, really, when you're starting out, really, it's all about delayed gratification as well, too. The longer you can wait, the better. It'll build your, not even like the, the, actual money but the mental stamina they have the bench press you know it's like working out right the more you do it the more you exercise that muscle and you build that muscle up of restraint and holding back and waiting till later till another day when you're ready so you make good decisions that way no, so for your situation move downtown enjoy <laughs> living here just don't spend too much that's all and get rid of your car yeah i get rid of the car part that's the that's the tough part for me. That's the tough I know, part. Tough. I take a scooter like, going like to work. Like I said, right? It, well, exactly it, right? Like you actually, Neil, you did, you've done a really good job taking the scooter, just walking to work, saving on transit and things mm-hmm. like that. Like flexing that mental stamina is really good, right? Because every little dollar, like, you know, they always say that joke about avocado toast and like millennials and coffee and all that kind of stuff, right? It's not about the actual, like you can't save $5 a day just to like be rich, but it's saving that when you face that decision, hey, do you want to go pop up? You guys want to share a bottle at the club? you know, 300 bucks or whatever later, you're like, nah, I'd rather not, you know? Because you have that stamina already, you know what I mean? That's what I was talking about earlier uh, when you were talking about like the whole compounding effect with um, with just podcasts and just um, making the right financial decisions, whatever it is, even if it's like 1%, 5% of your check mm-hmm. um, because now you're getting yourself into that practice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I, with your example being, oh, you want to you wanna split this bottle? This time, no. Or... Um, am I going to go out today or whatever? Am I going to order a big thing? Yeah. No, I'll just um, cook myself today. Yeah. Whatever and it is. come out afterwards. Come yeah. for a drink after and get a glass of water or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, you know, get a beer or something. But whatever. You know what I mean? Like, um, And it could start with 5% first originally of your paycheck. 
And then as you start building that and you start getting used to that, as your income increases too, maybe you increase that and you keep your living expenses mm-hmm. the same. You know, I was in that Gary, um, that mastermind with Gary Keller and he basically said, you can increase your living expenses. It's perfectly fine because we all need to enjoy a little bit, right? But he says, make sure you build a financial moat around your yourself before you increase those expenses because the market can shift really quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, save the three-month buffer. Save the six-month buffer. If you didn't have any income and you could, could you survive another six months? If you had that, then sure. Then you can start increasing your expenses. Then you can go put a little more towards savings or you can go buy a car again. You know what I mean? So it's a bit of a delayed gratification. Get rid of your car. Hustle, hustle, hustle. And when you get used to it, go get another car afterward. Get a nicer car. You know what I mean? Can't argue with that. Right? And in the meanwhile, <laughs> if you're down here, you don't need it. Like you can... Walk everywhere. You can scoot everywhere. You can transit bicycle. everywhere. Bicycle. Bicycle. Yeah. The other day. It was great. Stay in your lane. Make sure you stay in lane. Don't go outside. Yeah, it was scary. <laughs> it was kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, but there's bike lanes and stuff. Like if you're as long as you're safe, you're not like an a hole about riding in the city and trying to be like a car. Like I don't care who's right or wrong. Just like be safe. Don't get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> so bikes are fine. Um, you know, you can take Ubers if you really want to. Ubers get a little more expensive per cost yeah. per trip, but ultimately it'll still be cheaper than owning a car in downtown Toronto. Sure. Plus, don't forget you have to pay for parking too, right? Which is a lot. If you find parking. If you can pay, find it, yeah. exactly, right? <laughs> and it's just supply and demand at the end of the day. That's why it's so expensive. So, hopefully I gave you some tips. Oh, that was, that was beautiful. Else? Yeah, <laughs> that was a blessing. So, what are we going to start? What are we all going to do? What are we going to do first? What's we're going to invest in ourselves. Invest in your education, your knowledge. Neil, what are you going to do? Um, I need to actually start like physically investing more into... Um, assets. Yeah, yeah. That's, or, that's, or, or saving your money. Yeah, pay off your debts if you have any, and invest it into like something where you eventually have enough chunk of change to be able to invest into an asset and buy an asset, mm-hmm. or buy a fund that buys assets. Even for that mm-hmm. matter, right? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm always grateful that I actually finished um, paying off school. Yeah, nice. but uh, then I replaced that with paying rent. So, right. <laughs> but you're paying half because you're splitting. Yeah, it, right? I'm you splitting I mean? it. So that's that's smart. So you guys hopefully never break up, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> just like always like try your best to save as much as possible yeah. from doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. JP, what are you going to do? Get rid of my car and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and invest in real estate funds. Yeah. 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 But you can't get rid of your car. No, no, yeah. Don't do it now. Job. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait till the time is right. Yeah. 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 But get a roommate. That's probably helps a lot. Yeah. Just delayed gratification at the end of the day. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Right. It. Well, thanks for watching. Uh, stay tuned to the next episode. If you guys have any tips on what to talk about, just give us a shout. Choose a DM or leave a comment below. Thanks for watching. Bye. Um, before we actually sign off, these guys have a couple more questions and we just kept talking. So we're just going to add more to the uh, podcast. This is going to be the audio only version. So you won't see this on YouTube, but you'll hear us on the podcast. Okay. So you're asking, what was your question? Um, do you have to, is reads the only way to do it? No, it's not. Do your research. Uh, I'm saying if you want to be invested into real estate and you can't afford real estate, that could be a good way. But even with the REIT um, industry itself, there's so many different REITs out there, right? Real estate investment trusts. There's there's like things that invest in commercial buildings. There's things that invest in apartment buildings. There's things that invest in development of condos from the ground up, right? REITs? Well, it's in the open stock exchange in the stock market. But like I say, do research. It's not financial advice. So do your own research on that. Um, what I'm just saying also, like, talk to anybody you know. Just research out of it. Like, you know what I said in the beginning? 
mm-hmm. knowledge. Invest in yourself. Invest in the knowledge of how to even buy a REIT in the first place, or even if a REIT is right for you, right? It might not be right for you. True. Um, I would say invest it in a tax advantage situation. So maximize your RSPs first if you have the eventual goal of buying real estate, right? I would also say, um, yeah, also past performance doesn't guarantee future results. So if yeah. in the past it did 15% returns or 20% returns, it may not be that going forward because a lot of things may change in the future, right? So um, how do you research it? Like I think you can really look at just read, 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 read. You have to read, yeah. Reddit, if anything. The thing is, Reddit is that like the population I find is generally younger because they're a little more tech savvy, right? And they actually know how to use Reddit and look for subforms and stuff like that. So probably a lot like nerdier and stuff. But the nerdier ones, like it's only a certain subset. It's, I wouldn't say it's an accurate representation of everybody out there. Yeah, but it's still pretty good, I guess. Do you think it's a good idea to invest in those when we have a recession coming? No, uh, I think a lot of people are trying to run for cover right now and preserving their assets. Obviously cash in a recession is good. Either cash flow from producing uh, assets that produce cash flow or actual cash on hand Mm -hmm. is good because there's opportunities that'll come up, right? So just study, study, study where price is going, whether it's real estate or or stocks or whatever, and you know where the price is in historically. And you have to just, like it's not good to time the market. It's always good to like look in the long run. That's how I invest. I don't look at, because I don't want to drive myself crazy of trying to time the perfect strike price. But you have to know, like, that's obviously makes a big difference depending on your time horizon, right? So talk to a professional about that, obviously. Um, if you want to invest in real estate, like, we are professionals about it uh, when you're ready. Or just do it with a partner. Do it with, like, a, an, um, like a co-investor. Whether it's family or somebody you trust or somebody you don't tr- don't even know. Like, well, I don't recommend that. But, like, there's <laughs> ramifications of that, right? Like, how you going to yeah. exit and how you going to cash out and stuff, right? Like there's partnership agreements and stuff. You can do a lot of paperwork, though. Yeah. It's not really a lot of paperwork. It's not that complicated because the people that do it all the time, it's just you don't you never know what their time horizon is. And if your right. time horizons don't align and that other person wants to sell or you want to sell before them, then what happens, right? You could do a shotgun clause mm-hmm. and there's a whole bunch of things you could do, but it's just kind of like it's it gets complicated. It gets messy, right? But if that's the only way to get in, hey, that's not too bad. No, I'll take that. <laughs> oh, we're waiting even longer. Yeah, just just do anything, but keep it in your in your savings account or, or checking account, even worse. But um, do anything but in savings account unless you're priming yourself for an opportunity to buy something in the next three to six months, right? Like if you're looking longer than that, then maybe put it in a money market and see what happens. If you go up, great. If it goes down, then great. Hold it and see what happens. It's kind of like the real estate market. When it goes down a bit, you don't have to participate in that. If it drops 20%, you don't have to sell. You don't have to liquidate yourself. You can just continue holding on, continue yeah. renting it out, continue living there, and then wait for it to go back up. Right? That's what um, 21 Lauren Harris, the owner, is doing right now. Oh. Right? Like he, was, he wanted to sell a long time ago. It's just that right now he can't because the, the values dropped quite a bit. So he's like, you know what? Forget it. I'll just go rent it out again for another year and decide after that year. Yeah. Or to decide until when that tenant moves out. Right, so same with the stock market. If like, I bought Tesla at eight hundred dollars, right now it's like six something. So am I going to sell? No, I'm just going to hold off until see what happens with it. Right, hopefully it'll go back up. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. But I'm just going to wait until it does. Yeah, no, I'm if such a bad example. I, I'm playing with like Shopify. Like my life depended on oh it. Oh my god! <laughs> you know they always tell you not to if you have a, like not a ton. If you're not working with millions, yeah. don't invest in individual stocks. Yeah, you should be investing in like funds that manage mm-hmm. stocks. Right. So you got to pick the the fund based on the expense ratio. You got to pick on, on who's managing the fund, 
things like that. But mm-hmm. really, really, really do your research. Talk to a lot of people that know what they're doing. I have no clue what I'm doing in stock, so don't come to me <laughs> for that. All right? But um, yeah, invest in your education. Read books on it. Read podcasts. Search YouTube. You guys are living in a wonderful generation where there's YouTube. YouTube degrees at this point. No way. Seriously. Are you serious? Seriously. No, they, no, they call it a YouTube degree, guys. But now Google has their own certificates, right? Google actually gives certificates and people look at those. So it's, 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 a, it's an actual viable way to learn nowadays. Um, internet's become like such a huge thing and an advantage to so many people around the world who doesn't have access to um, education. Right. Be it like you got to pay, what is it here? Nine grand a year. More than if you're from UFT. Nine grand is it? I thought it was more now. <laughs> UFT is like 23. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's right? <laughs> a lot. Um, like... Yeah, for sure. Um, you, when we were growing up and computers were starting to come out and be more popular, the internet was just like kind of a thing. Like we were, I was on dial-up when I first, I'm like that old. Um, <laughs> but they, um, they they said that this age was the information age. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. now we have information at your fingertips. You just Google anything. The internet's everywhere on your phones, mm. whatever. You have a computer on your phone. I wonder what the next thing will be. You know? I can't even think of yeah. that. I don't even know. Holograms. Yeah. Depending on that. Yeah. But it's just going to be layers and layers and layers of stuff that's already been built. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we can use all these apps to do certain things and they all talk to each other, right? Back mm-hmm. then, even when internet was just starting out, you had to create everything from scratch. HTML code this, JavaScript this, and yeah. all this kind of CSS and all this kind of crap. But now it's just like, oh, use that app. You plug it in there and that talks to that and this and that. Done. Done. And you have an app. You just make money off of that. Like that's so cool. That's like layering on... on innovation on technology mm-hmm. that just continues to build so i'm excited for you guys i'm excited to be young with you guys <laughs> <laughs> that's right is that why you uh, hired us all so that you yeah, can man. like just absorb all of people. our that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that meme <laughs> yeah no it's all good i don't even know if we answered kayla's question but I, we kind of just went around <laughs> i remember my question i think it was yeah i was just asking about reits and um yeah if it was a good time for the during the session if that's coming but it's just better to uh, yeah i don't know i honestly don't know i think there's gonna be undervalued assets um you kind of look at it there's certain sorry there's many ways again it's not financial advice so do your own research um but there's lots of ways to kind of determine if something's a good buy right now if it's undervalued if rents like i see the fundamentals as rents are going to go up people are still coming to canada yeah right so we're short in housing. Interest rates are at the unknown variable right now. But assuming that's not in the question, you know that housing is going to go up and there's going to be less and less availability for renters to rent. So that's why I invest in actual housing. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's things like maybe you might think, you know, the EV technologies out there, right? Like electric vehicles, like and how much of that, like the cost of gas and everything, everybody's going to move to EVs, right? I don't know why the stock price is down personally. Yeah. Like I'm talking about Tesla. But like maybe some things like that, right? I'm not saying to read the market, but at least like there's tons of opinions out there, tons. And like I said, you just need the time to research it and figure it out. Or you can just wait until Elon tweets something and then just invest in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Crazy. But also because he's he'll, you were just talking about uh, raising rents. I don't know what your position is, JP, but uh, that means you should move soon. Yeah, <laughs> I should have moved a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, and and actually that thing that um, the the 2017 one, right? Buying something that's newer than 2017. Oh, yeah, 
um, Neil got caught in that where the t- landlords raised the rent to whatever because they were just a holes about it. Yeah. Um, whereas places before that are, are cheaper. I mean, like built older than that are rent controlled, so they can only raise it by whatever the government mandates as their CPI for the year, or the inflation for the year. So like one point two percent this year, right? Is that what it is, Kayla? Yeah. One point two percent, right? One point two percent. And previous year was. No. Was it COVID? Oh yeah, it was. Oh, got him. Oh, that's why you're Curve a property ball. manager, not me. <laughs> but before that was 2.2, was it? I believe it was 2.2. Yeah. So that's how much you could raise it. Um, now, I spoke with one of our tenants at Millwood, and um, she said that she lived in a house, and there was renting there for, like, it was dirt cheap at the time, right? Like 1200 bucks or something like that. And she's like, there's no way I can get that money anymore, because... Uh, some developer bought it out and they kicked them out because of renovations. Oh. That is a legal way to do it. Even though it's mm-hmm. rent controlled, you can actually kick them out because, you know, but yes, you have to offer them back a suite, but that's like four years later, right? Yeah. So, um, and now she's stuck living there, right? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, something to be cautious of. Yeah, because uh, I mean, now I'm paying something similar to what the, landlords uh was going to charge me anyway but i was like uh i, I don't know it was more of a in your face kind of moment it's like i'm not going to you anymore <laughs> well yeah you get an older building but you also get more square footage yeah yeah way more yeah hopefully you like the location better i don't know no, I, don't i'm the you. biggest endorser of the east side of <laughs> toronto in the distillery district i feel like i talk to literally everybody like that Every day I talk to my friends and go like, so when are you moving new uh, distillery or Canary or (laughs) (laughs) anywhere on the east side of uh, downtown Toronto? It's just, I don't know, it's the best side. I've been doing it for like 15 years, man. I'm telling you. I know. I I feel like I picked up that (laughs) mindset from you. And I was just like, I'm like the biggest endorsement, like a walking ad for the distillery. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) Cool. Anything else? I would move to distillery district. Right down there. It's nice. It's nice, yeah. Come, come live um, down with us. Chevy's there too. <laughs> Keep, we'll set him up on a prospect match. Let's do that. Okay. Anyway. All right. Signing up for real. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Add it up.